Okay, so um, I'm Jerry, and most of you guys know that, but we may have a few new people that are here, and I'm one of the elders at Redstone. And I have the privilege of bringing the report card uh, back to you guys. So um, a couple weeks ago, we had a survey, and we had it on all of the, the, um, the seats, and we asked everybody to do a spiritual rhythms survey. Okay, so the rhythms, why are we in the Word of God, you know, do we fast, do we, um, do we give, you know, do we have moments of silence and solitude, what does our prayer life look like? There are these rhythms, these disciplines, right, that lead us into godliness, so we did a survey just to find out where we were. So here's the results, y'all ready? Here's the tally of the results of the survey. So some of these are great, and some of them show that we've got some work to do. First one. We, at Redstone Church, are a mature group. 95% of us have been walking with Jesus for more than five years. That's a lot. 95%? Wow. This is good. We read our Bibles regularly. Over 70% read our Bibles at least a few times per week, right? Okay, so that's good. That's the rhythm, being in the Word of God. We're going to talk more about that this morning. We struggle with prayer. 50% of us only pray spontaneously and not regularly. We serve at a high rate. 65% of us are serving our church on a regular basis. I don't know what the number is, but there's got to be like 50 people that are serving on any given Sunday morning. We should be challenged in our giving. Only 50% of us give on a consistent rate or basis. The mission of Redstone Church is disciples making disciples, and in that area, uh, we've got some struggles. Seventy percent of us are not discipling at least one other person. As community pastor, I love the next one. We love community. Eighty-two percent of us attend a community group. Yes, right? That's a good thing. But we struggle with membership. At this point, only 55 percent of us are members at Redstone Church. We've been talking about rhythms, these spiritual disciplines, and we're going to continue there. Prayer, fasting, giving, Bible reading, silence, solitude, and so on and so forth. If you look at your, your worship guide, you've got two scriptures, and we're going to walk through those scriptures. But if you have a pen, and if you wanted to mark something up on the first scripture, I would mark what, right? So when you look at that 1 Timothy 4, 7, passage i'm going to move around a little bit today um just mark what and then on the second passage where you go into um what passage is it it's the ephesians 6 passage then mark why so we're going to look at what briefly we won't spend a lot of time there and then we're going to look at why and as um we jump in i want to pray real quick uh father it truly is a holy thing um, to stand in front of your people on a given Sunday morning and declare to them the truths of your word. And I am not up to that task, and you know that, Lord. So I am completely dependent upon you. And I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase and that I would truly hide in the shadow of the cross. But Lord, you have a pretty specific message this morning. Um, I'm, I'm well aware of that. And I just pray that it's heard and that it's received. So bless our time together, the short amount of time that we have, and I pray that we would walk out of here with a better understanding of why these rhythms are important. Okay, so rhythms, the what and the why. The passage that you see before you on your worship guide, let's go there. This is 
1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. Now, I'm going to look at 7 and 8, but also give you a little bit of context. So this is what it says. It says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So the context here is Paul's talking to Timothy, and if you back up and if you look at even the beginning of that chapter, you'll see that there's some weird teachings that are taking place. There's teachings about abstinence from foods and drinks, and there's, there's teachings about uh, marriage that are just not scriptural. They're not sound doctrine, right? And Paul's looking at Timothy, and he's pivoting toward him and saying, you have to declare the truth of these people, right? You need to make sure that they are in the word and that you're in the word and that you're able to rightly divide the word of truth. And that's where our rhythms come into play, okay? So the four words I want us to grab a hold of, if you got your pen, are these. You ready? And it says, verse number seven, train. That's the first one. So train. The second one is yourself. Train yourself. And then the third one, combination of four godliness. You know, what are you training for? You're training for godliness. Okay, so training yourself for godliness. So when I think about the word train, right, how many of you all um, have played sports in your life? And so, okay, golly, it's like 90% of the people that are in here have played something, right? And I remember, I was thinking about this, we're in a gymnasium right now, and I was thinking back to um, a long, long time ago, right? And basketball season rolls out, and um, it's time for, you know, the beginning of the season. And I used to like worship basketball. It was a god to me. So I played all the time, you know, but I wasn't training until maybe October. And I remember going to like the first practice, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Or those that haven't been in the gym in a while, and you decide that you're going to get yourself fit, right? I remember stepping into the gym, and coach just making us run and run and run, run and run and run. And then he would allow us to get a drink of water. And then we would run the steps. You know, this side and then that side and this side and that side. And he would just kind of sit there and watch us. And then we would get finished and we would puke. That's what we did, right? And seriously, people would be throwing up in the middle of practice. And he would look at the clock and he would release us and we would go home. But I remember getting up out of the bed that next day saying, I can't move. My life is over. I shall never, ever, ever play any sport again, and I will not be going to basketball practice today. Right? Do you remember that? It hurts. It hurts so bad. You think, there's no way. I don't know how everybody else feels, but there's no way that I can step on the court. And you do. You step onto the court, and, you know, you go run. And eventually, you get to the point where you're preparing, you're training, you're exercising is another word that's used in some of the other translations. But you're exercising, right? You're training to the point where you can actually do this thing that you're trained, being trained to do. Like, like Shane Darling, we were talking this morning, he's going through like a 10- or 12-week um, forensics class there's training that's taking place there so he's actually away from here and he's training he's exercising for that uh, we got jack back here as a fireman they train like all the time right why because one of these days there's going to be a fire right and you don't want to get to that point and not know what to do or not have the energy to be able to put the fire out so when i think about training i think a couple things and you all can add more to this but one it's consistent don't you think you know, it's consistent. You're doing it on a regular basis. It's intentional. 
right? You're, you're jumping into it and that's not saying, uh, let's just, I don't know, let's just run for a while and let's not touch the basketballs today and I don't know, we got a game next week, it'll all work itself out. Well, no, of course you're building, you know, it's intentional and it's progressive, right? You start with a little bit and then you add a little bit more and you add a little bit more and you're actually, you know, building to something, right? And it's hard and it's hard. So when I think about training, I think about all of those things. There's nothing that's easy there at all. Well, my mind also flips to after basketball season's over, I remember my senior year, and coach, um, the, the um, track field, he, he, coach, he wanted me to, the track field, the track coach, he was like, I want you to come run. And I'm like, okay, I can run. I'm an athlete. I'm, I'm pretty fast. I can run. So I would do these short sprints, and I did pretty well. And um, I just, I was like, you know, I don't like practice. I really don't. I would rather go to Jenny's Market and eat a couple of hot dogs and run around with my friends. So I just didn't go to, to practice at all. And um, I have no idea why he'd still let me run. But we got to the regional meet. And you know how there's certain things that happen to you like when you're in high school or middle school or college and you just never forget them? It's like it'll be with me until the day I die. This was one of those moments. So we get to the regional meets and somebody got hurt or something. So Coach Ferran was like, hey, I need you to run the 220. And I'm like, okay, sign me up, Coach. I'm ready to go. So I don't even know what that would be today, but the 220, when I was used to running like 40 yards or 100 yards, what would a 220 be? It was like half the track, right? So it's not a big deal. So I get going and I blow by everybody. Like running is so easy. And I just take off and I'm flying and I'm going around the corner. And I come around the corner and you can see it. There's the tape, right? All I got to do is get to the tape. And it's never happened in my life since then. But at that moment, my legs turned to jello. Have you ever had that happen? My mind said, you're going to win this race by so far, they're going to crown you the greatest runner. You will be the Usain Bolt of 1985, right? I knew that that was coming, and I took off, and I was flying, and my legs went jello, and I was like, run, dummy, run. And I was trying, and my legs just would not go, and they just went, shoom, 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 and they went by me one at a time. I felt like an idiot. And my friends laughed their heads off, right? Cammie was actually there. I don't know if she remembers. And she still ended up marrying me. But it was like, it was so embarrassing. He's like, what happened to you? I'm like, I don't know, right? And Coach Varan came over and nudged me. He's like, I told you you should go to practice. You know, he just thought it was funny, right? Okay, let's go back to the serious part. We're talking about training for a reason. We're talking about being in the Word of God for a reason. We're talking about being in prayer, you know, for a reason. We're going to flip to that why in a moment. But the bottom line is, it's hard, right? It's not easy, right? It's hard to get up early in the morning. It's hard to spend time in the Word. It's hard to fast. You know, sometimes giving can be sacrificial, and it, it can be really, really hard for us, right? But being repetitive, being consistent with it, being intentional, progressive, Right? It's actually going to be able to help us at some point in time because there's a moment that there's going to be a race and you don't want to turn to jello when that happens. And that's where we'll be shortly. Okay, so training. And then the second part that we see, the second word was what? Train yourself. Okay, train yourself. So we saw in the survey that we are to be disciples making disciples. That's our mission as a church, right? So it's just a simple question. Let me back up. Jesus, the very last thing that he says before he ascends into heaven. You remember what it was? It was the great 
great commission. And he says, okay, I've given you everything I've got. I've given you everything I've got, right? One more thing. I want you, and before I say this, I'm going to tell you, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth, okay? So in my name and with my authority, you do this. It's not on your shoulders, it's on mine, okay? So on my shoulders and with my strength and with my energy, I want you to go, right, to all nations, right? I want you to, to what? Do what? Make disciples, right? I want you to baptize them, and then I want you to what? What do you do after you baptize them? Oh, somebody said it. Teach them, right? To teach them. And don't worry, I'll be with you until the end of the ages. So I want you to go, right? <clears throat> I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize them, right? And then I want you to teach them everything that I've taught you. <clears throat> the question is, how in the world can we teach people the truths of the Word of God? How can we teach them what sound doctrine is? How can we help them to see error if we don't know ourselves? Because it's hard. And I'm a busy guy, and I don't have time to get up and get into the Word of God. And sometimes it's just confusing. I don't really understand what it's saying, right? So I just kind of, I give up. I'm not going to do it. How are we going to be disciple makers? You see where I'm going with this? And this is not condemnation. We all need to hear this. We need to be reminded that these rhythms are important. Okay? We train ourselves so that then we can pivot toward others and we can teach them and we can train them. Does that make sense? I can't talk to you about what it looks like to have a true relationship with Jesus if I really don't have a relationship with Jesus. I can't tell you how the Word of God has changed me and where you need to go for help. If I haven't actually internalized the Word of God myself, I can't give it away. It's the blind leading the blind, right? When I look at um, the progressive TV commercials, I always laugh. Progressive, Geico, what's the other one? They're always just so, so funny. But the one that I love right now is Flo. You know, she's on the exercise bike, or her sister's on the exercise bike. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't know what it is about Flo, but she just makes me laugh, right? So Flo's sister is on the exercise bike, and she's barely gone. She's chewing her chewing gum. She's taking selfies, right? And her sister comes in, and she starts talking about insurance. And she's like, you're interrupting me. She said, I am biking. She says, and biking is my passion, right? And she's just barely going, and it just makes me laugh, right? And I look at that, and I think, that's kind of what we do oftentimes. Jesus is my passion, I love the church. I love drinking coffee and talking about Jesus, right? But are we doing the hard work? Are we consistent? Are we intentional? Is it progressive? Is it building to something? And then are we taking it and are we giving it away? Um, the writer of Hebrews, not sure who it is. Um, show me you guys may have an, uh, an inkling as to who you think that it is. It may be Paul. It doesn't matter. But if, go look at, don't, don't do it right now, but go look at the last paragraph in Hebrews chapter 5, the writer has some really, really hard words. And basically what he says, this is a Jerry Lou summary. He says, some of you all should be teachers by now, but you're not. You're still drinking milk. Spencer talked about this when we went through the book of Hebrews last year. Some of you all should be eating solid food, but you're still drinking milk right? You have not trained yourself. You have not understood the rhythms and how to be in the Word of God. And for that reason, you're not able to help other people. And I see it, and you see it. We see it all the time. I see people who just kind of get stuck in this rut, 
in this world, in this life, and then they wake up one day and they're 65 years old and they're like, oh crap. Can I say that from here? I don't know if I can. Okay, I can't. Oh crud. Um, I've wasted my whole life. I have no idea really how to train someone in the Word of God. I've got a superficial understanding of Christianity, but I just kind of got caught in the rut, and I, I, don't, I don't know what to do now. I see it. I've seen it over and over and over, and I see it all of the time, right? The rhythms are important. And then lastly, train yourself for godliness. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but the training of yourself for godliness, you and I have one objective in this life. Okay, now it works itself out in a lot of different ways. But at the end of the day, we are to be image bearers of King Jesus. Okay? We are to be image bearers of him. Right? We are his ambassadors. We are um, living epistles. Uh, We are uh, the aroma of Christ. And you can't fast forward to that. You can't hit a button and go into Star Wars or Star Trek hyperdrive to say, okay, instant relationship, go. Right? You can't do that. You only are able to be the aroma of Christ and the epistle of Christ and an ambassador of Christ if you all actually have a a true relationship with him, if you're around him on a regular basis, if you're speaking to him and if you're receiving from him, right? That's the way that that happens. You cannot hit a button to jump into deep relationship with Jesus. It takes time. It's hard. It's intentional, right? It's consistent. And it's progressive, and it builds over time. Now, the truth of the matter is, um, we all have work to do here, right? So I'm not going to spend a lot of energy here, but at least hear this. I can't can't go into the why of the, the, the rhythms without at least just saying, stop there for a second and think about where you're at. It's February in 2019. You got all of 2019. If you're not doing some of these things, let's just start doing them now. There's just little things that you can do, right? And it may be just 15 minutes earlier in the morning that you start getting up. It may be that you're like, I just need somebody to hold me accountable, and I'm going to find a person, and I'm going to start meeting with them, right? It may be that you go get a CBR book back in the back, and you say, hey, will you read through this with me? Because I don't consistently read the Bible, and I don't really know how to do it. It's just humbling yourself and admitting, I've got work to do here, I don't know how to do it, but will you help me do it, right? So for some of us, it's just being willing and available to make some changes, okay? And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that, okay? Spencer's talked about that over the past month. Um, I've loved our prayer time, um, Bruce and Karen, what you all done to kind of, you know, remind us of the importance of prayer. That's been amazing, right? But it's not so that we can get through January and say, okay, we went through spiritual rhythms, right? And we did our prayer time. Now it's time to go on to bigger and, you know, greater things. No, this is the foundation for everything that we're trying to do as believers. Nothing else that we're trying to do will make any sense unless we have a relationship with King Jesus. Are you tracking with me? Are you following me? Okay, very good. But today, that's not our focus, right? Today, we're going to briefly look at the why behind it. Why the rhythms? Um, And this one's a little bit harder, right? So if you say the why of the rhythms, um, we can all have an answer, but let's go to Ephesians, right? Let's go to Ephesians chapter six, and this is where we're going to camp out, and this is the very specific message I think that King Jesus has for us today, okay? So go to Ephesians chapter six. You've got it on your worship guide, but if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to start back in verse number 10, okay? In verse number 10, 
hear me. It says, finally, be strong in, in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes. You're going to hear this word a couple of times this morning. Against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle. Spencer used to be a wrestler in, in high school. Hard work. Got to train for it. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you will, may be able to withstand in three words, if you got your pen, mark them, the evil day. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And then he goes into the, the armor of God. Okay, so why do we practice the spiritual rhythms? Here's a couple of easy ones that you can kind of check off, right? So, um, you know, we can kind of get them out of the way and then go where I think the Lord wants us to go. One is because he tells us to, right? He says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow, right? He says to um, train yourself, right, in, in, in the word of God so that you can rightly divide the word of truth. He says to <clears throat> pray without ceasing, he says to be constant in prayer, be steadfast in prayer. So there's this aspect that you say, I don't really get it. And we would say, it's okay, do it anyway. Like I can look at people and they're not giving joyfully from their heart. I'm like, I don't care. You got to give anyway, right? Maybe your heart will catch up to your giving patterns at some point in time, but to obey is better than sacrifice, right? To just obey the Lord is a good place to go. So you may just read the Bible because the Bible says I'm supposed to right? Okay, well, then go, then go for that reason, but do it, right? Um, I'm supposed to pray without ceasing, so I'm going to start praying more. Okay, that's a good place to start, but you don't want to finish there because it's not like some kind of religious exercise that we just want to check off on a daily basis. It's deeper than that, but that's one reason that we should do it, obedience. A second reason we should do it because we look at Jesus and we look at what he modeled before us. He got up early in the morning and he went and spent time with the Father, right? You look at the apostles and the example of them being in the Word of God, and them fasting, and them giving, and all that they said about, you know, giving, and silence, and solitude, you know, all of these scriptures, and, and we see what Jesus has done, and we see what the apostles have done, and we see what the saints that have gone before us have done, and it's been modeled for us, and that's a great thing, so we need to follow that model as well, okay, and that's great, so make note of that, be obedient, and follow those that have gone before us, and follow the example of Jesus, but that's not where we're going this morning, that's not it, so and this is where I started getting a little bit emotional and we'll get through that and it'll be quick. Spencer always makes fun of me because I do it, right? It's just, it's, I, I got to get it out and then we'll be okay, right? So two weeks ago, I go to the doc and the doc comes back and sits down with me and says, hey, um, when's the last time you've had like a full x-ray? And I'm like, I don't know why. He's like, how about like full blood work? You had that done lately? And I'm like, I don't know why. It's like, well, let's look at this x-ray. You see like right here on your femur, you see over here how your femur hits your pelvic area, right? You see that? That's normal. See that little nodule? That's normal. Can we look at the other side real quick? It's like, you see that other side? There's something there. He's like, I don't know what that is. There's a growth there, and I don't know what it is. You need to see a radio radiologist. Okay, thank you for the visit, right? The, the evil day will come. 
And we'll talk about that. You know, there's these moments in our lives you're like, I didn't see that coming, right? So short story, I step into a conversation with a, a dear friend, orthopedic doc, and she's like, I need to see you first thing in the morning based upon what you just shared with me. So she goes in and takes some images and looks at the images and, and sits me down and says, okay, so I've got some different angles and um, here's what I think is going on. And we're not going to know today, right? We won't know until the MRI. Um, but this could be this word, whatever it is, this long word. And if so, it's benign, right? That means that you'll probably end up having to have surgery and cut that thing out. Have you been having pain? Like, yeah, for about a year. I just thought it was like hip flexors or something, right? Well, it's kind of all tied together, so maybe that's why you're, you're having, you know, some of, of, of the pain. Um, but even if, if I forget to say it, I'm going to say it now, but I can promise you the next 10 days the pain was worse than it had ever been. Right, and that's the enemy. That's the scheme of the enemy, right there. But she was like, "So you had pain, and yeah, and if it's this, then yeah, they'll go in and cut it out, and you'll be fine, right?" And then there's these tears. I saw them, and she, she's a friend, and I know she probably didn't want those tears to come. Like I don't want them to come, but she says, "But if it's not that, then it's this other, and it's it would be cancerous." And I'm like, "I think it would be breath." I'm like, "Okay, so what will we do then?" I'm Jerry Williams. I want to be strong here, right? So, well, what do we do then? And she's like, um, I'm, no, I, I say, so they just go in and cut it out. Like, we, we caught it early. You know, like, stage one, stage two, we get it out. She's like, now, if it's that, right, the only reason that it's manifesting itself right now is because it's somewhere else. It's in a, a pancreas. It's in a liver. And now it's metastasizing, and it's revealing its, itself in another place. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Well, it, that wouldn't be good. I'm like, oh. So you're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so she, she lays her hand on me. She says, hey, let's just pray. So we just prayed together. And I walked out of there. And, um, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is a different place than I've, I've ever been before. So earlier in the year, I go to the cardiologist. And they're like, you're in the 95th percentile of, of having a heart attack. You've got to change the way you live. And one of the ways that you need to do that is actually physical exercise. That First Timothy passage, it doesn't say don't exercise. It says physical exercise does profit some, just not as much as godliness does. So my cardiologist says, you've got to start walking or running or doing something. Right? And I have every single blasted day ask my family right it's been hard but i get up and i go and i i eat salmon and i eat um oatmeal and blueberries and kale and all of those things you know and i will for the rest of my life but this one was different this was different it wasn't if you don't watch this this could happen this is you've got a 50 50 chance this is either going to be okay or you're at the end now she didn't say it that way but that was what it was. So here's what you should always do. If you go to the doctor and they give you like a really long word, okay, the best thing to do is to get in your car and go to Google and type it in and go to the Mayo Clinic Healthline or you're probably going to die.com and read everything that it has to say, right? It will do wonders for your soul, right? Oh my gracious. So I'm like, I'll never do that again. Um, so yeah, anyway, let me condense. It was a long 10 days. I want your focus this morning to be on the rhythms and not on me, right? I'm fine and I'm going to be okay. So that's, don't worry about that part, okay? But in that moment, in those 10 days, you talk about the schemes of the enemy. 
I hurt the next 10 days like I've never hurt before. I just, I struggled. And here's what happened, okay? So you want to know why you practice the, the rhythms? I want to tell you why. So hard weekend, uh, two Sundays ago, some of you all saw me in here and I said, hey, and I just kind of went into hiding. I actually went back behind the curtain. I don't want to be around anybody. I was scared to death. I was like, my, my life's coming to an end. I'm actually a mortal being, and I did not know that, right? And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I was just struggling. You know, Cammy and I had long conversations together, and we cried together. It was just hard. Um, anyway, so Monday morning, I got up, and I was in a really, really bad place. And I was struggling. I was depressed. And I went, like I normally do, to my, my, my time with the Lord, and, um, and here's what happened, right? Because I had this pattern of being in the Word of God in my life for several years, sometimes I didn't even know what I was reading, right? But I did it. I just did it on a regular basis. In this moment of desperation, you know what Jesus did to me? And this is what I need you to hear. He spoke back to me the Word of God. It was powerful. I didn't see it coming. Right? And I'm like, God, give me something. And here's what he said. I heard from Jesus. Here's what he said. He says, therefore, do not lose heart. For outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary afflictions or troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what we see, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Can't tell me that didn't come from Jesus. I had memorized that passage 25 years ago. I don't even remember memorizing it. In this moment, Jesus spoke back the word of God to me. And it was exactly what I needed. Good day. That was a really, really good day. I'm like, I'm going to be okay. Maybe I'm going to be okay, and maybe I'm not going to be okay, but I'm going to be okay. Because I'm focusing on the spiritual. I'm focusing on eternity. But let me tell you, the schemes of the enemy are real. And I came face to face that next 24 hours with sin that I didn't even know that I had in my heart. With things I had done in my past that I had completely forgot about because they're really, really bad. With my real fear about death. It was a struggle. I didn't know what tomorrow was going to look like. And based upon you're probably going to die.com, I probably had about a year to two years if it ended up being cancerous, right? And the enemy just toyed with me, and he messed with me during that time. So I struggled. I struggled a lot. So I had a good day, and then the next day I had a horrible day, and I get up the next morning, and I'm like, God, give me something. And he did. He said, 2 Corinthians 1, I didn't go to it. It just came flowing out of my heart. He said, indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. We are mortal beings. There is death. But this has happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on the God who raises the dead. You know why we need to practice the spiritual rhythms? Because the evil day will come. 
right? And it may not be a tumor for you. And some of you all are already in the evil day. There are people here this morning that are in an evil day, right? It can be serious marital conflict. It can be the enemy tricking you with pornography. You know, it can be just really, really bad news and struggle with your kid that's making really bad decisions. The enemy will do whatever he has to do to keep being an image bearer and speaking the truth of the, of the word of God to other people. So he'll keep us in this spiral of one situation after another. He's a schemer, right? And there are these moments in our lives where the evil day is going to be so real that you're going to need the word of God to be able to speak back to you, to give you hope. That's why we practice the, the spiritual rhythms, the disciplines. Do you hear me? The second reason, or another reason, I've already hit a couple. We do it because we're obedient. We do it because we're following the example of Christ and the apostles, right? We do it because we need the word of God to speak back to us. But here's another reason that we do it, right? When the evil day comes, you're not going to be able to warp speed into relationship. It's either going to be there or it's not, right? And you need to have a relationship with your father to such a degree that it's okay just to sit and cry. That it's okay just to be silent and to know that he is God. It's okay to yell. I yelled loudly. Nobody was in the house, you know, but I yelled. I cried out loudly, you know. It was, it was heard, at least in Greenville. I mean, it was loud, right? And I cried out. I had a relationship with Jesus that afforded me the opportunity to actually be real in front of him. And that comes from spending time with him on a regular basis. Why do we need to practice the spiritual rhythms? Because an evil day is going to come with each of us. And when it does, we're going to need to have the relationship with Jesus that would allow us to be real. And in my situation, I just needed to bury my head into his chest and cry. You can't flick a switch to make that happen. You can't warp speed that. It's either there or it's not. It's the training, right? Consistent training, the progressive training, the hard work, the intentionality. That's why we do it. Now, disclaimer. Sometimes it's hard and sometimes I'll read a whole chapter and I have no idea what I'm reading. Y'all ever do that? I'm like, I don't even, I just, I think I went through my schedule of the day as I read this chapter and the, and the Word of God, but I, I have no idea what I just read, right? Sometimes my mind wanders when I'm praying, and I can go walk, and I'm praying, and before I know it, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I wonder if we get to go to Seabrook Island again this summer. I love Seabrook. They have dolphins there, right? I love dolphins, right? And my mind goes wandering, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus, where were we, right? That happens on a regular basis. There's no condemnation here, right? There's only grace. We all struggle with our rhythms, but we can be more consistent with them because the day of evil or the evil day will come and we need that kind of relationship. I remember a couple weeks ago, you'll remember this, Spencer was talking and he was doing this word association game. Two nights before, I found out that Kyler and Evan were going to get married, right? So Kyler and Evan were going to get married, found out on Friday night. Saturday, within five hours, 
Um, they had purchased a dress. They had purchased a dress. They had purchased a dress. They had a wedding planner, um, uh, a caterer. They had a venue. They had a photographer. They have bridesmaids, groomsmaid, groomsmen, not groomsmaids, <laughs> no groomsmaids, um, groomsmen, and the dresses. Everything was done. Within five hours, I had all of that picked out. Okay, now you heard that through Kyler and Evan's vernacular, right? Let me go back and reverse that and say it again. So I found out that they were going to get married, and then they decided they want to get married May the 5th of this year. And then in five hours, ching, 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 ching. That's all I heard, right? So when Spencer was like, word association game, and I'm sitting over here, some of y'all remember this, and Kyler and Evan were sitting in front of me, and he said, if I say, you know, a word, tell me what comes to your mind. He says, butterfly. I said, wedding. He said, mountain. I said, wedding, right? And, he, and then he got serious a few minutes later, right? And he threw out other words. I just, kept, I just kept saying, wedding, wedding, ching, 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 ching. That's where my head is. I say that because that's what we do in prayer sometimes, right? Do you not think that the Jesus who formed us from dust knows that? He is, a, he is well aware, right? Just because we may struggle with knowing how to read the Word of God, right, doesn't mean we shouldn't try, right? Because we, we struggle with knowing how to pray, we should still try. Fasting is really interesting, right? I like food a lot. Go a day, just put it on your calendar, mark it on a calendar. Um, once, a, once a month, I'm going to try to fast. I'm going to see what it's like to remind myself of how completely dependent upon food that I am. And I'm going to ask Jesus to be my sustenance that day. It's a great spiritual exercise. Sometimes you're going to fail miserably with it, right? But it's progressive. If you'll practice it enough, when the day of evil comes, right, and you're able to say, Jesus, all I need is you at this moment. I have nothing to give to you. I'm going to be fasting during this time. And I need you to remind me the truths of the Word of God. Speak them back to me. And I need to speak to you right now because I got some stuff on my heart and I just need to say it or I need to just come sit in your presence. It's going to look different with different people at different situations. But the evil day will come. In my case, I think of Psalm 73, 25, and 26. He says, Who do I have in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. One of my favorite passages as we've been going through this series is actually in John chapter 5, 39. You might want to make a note of it. Go back to it later, right? John 5, 39. And this is what it says. This is what Jesus says, right? He looks at the people and he says, you diligently study the scriptures. This is from 20 years ago that I memorized this one, probably out of NIV, because that's what we used to memorize at that school where I was at. He says, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that in them you possess eternal life. And he says, these are the scriptures that speak of me, right? You don't pray to be praying. You don't read the word of God to be reading. You don't fast to be fasting or give just to be giving. It's all about Jesus. That's all we have and that's all that we need. You come face to face with the, the, the reality, you may die. Good news, B9 is now my favorite vitamin. I don't even know if it exists, but my tumor was B9, right? I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. At least today I am, 
and tomorrow, but it may be something else the next time. So I'm okay. Went back, MRI, everything came back, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be, be fine, right? But in that moment, in that space of time, I thought I was dying. You get in that moment, and you're going to realize real quickly what you really believe about heaven and death, eternity, the gospel. You're going to wrestle in ways that you haven't wrestled. But that day of evil, it will come, right? And when it comes, it's not more Bible that we need. That's why Spencer says, we don't want you reading the Bible more. We want you wanting to read the Bible more. There's a difference. You don't want to just go through the spiritual rhythms because that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. No, we are desperate for Jesus beyond what we can even imagine. And sometimes it takes a scheme of the enemy to show that to us because we're just going through the motions and we think that we've got it all together. I don't have it all together, but I can promise you this much. I know more about myself and about the gospel and about eternity and the power of God over death and sickness and disease and all authority has been given to him. I believe that more today than I did five days ago. I can promise you that. And would Jesus allow something like that into our lives to get us to the point where we're at the end of ourselves? And then he looks at us and says, indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on the God who raises the dead. If you don't think that Jesus will do that, then you don't know the Jesus that I'm reading about and the one I have a relationship with. He raises up John the Baptist and says, go prepare the way for me. And then John the Baptist has his head cut off and his time is over in a prison, wondering, is he the one that's to come, or is there another? He raises different people up for different seasons, but at the end, we're all going to die, people. We are mortal beings, and we have a certain number of days. What do we do with those days? You diligently study. You, you go through the, rhythm, the rhythms because you think that in them you have eternal life. No. These are the things that speak of me. It's me that you need not more spiritual exercises. I'm going to read one more passage, and then I'm going to close. Listen to this one. This is in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. Just listen. Just listen carefully. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Why? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. How do you resist him? I've been talking about it all morning. You resist him. Firm in your faith. You put on the armor of God. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, but why? Why are you allowing me to suffer a little while? Because you need to know that it's Jesus that you need and nothing else. After you have suffered a little while, listen to this. The God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And then he ends it by saying, to him 
be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. To Him. We finished our series on rhythms. Why do we need to practice the rhythms? Yes, you need to. Here's some ways you go about it. But why do we need to? The evil day will come, people. And when it does, to Him be the dominion forever. That's all you're going to have to cling to. That's it. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Just take a moment and search your own heart. Look at your own rhythms. Just allow the Lord to speak to you during this time. Father, move our hearts as, as you choose to. I only spoke that which I think came from you and you asked me to deliver. And I just pray that you would use it um, to equip us for the furtherance of your kingdom. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.